This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Five, four, three, two, one. And all that jazz. Welcome to the artists. As Godard said, you don't make a movie, the movie makes you. In our movie-making profession, the workings of Murphy's Law is always at its best. In these candid conversations, we unravel those challenges that define the makers in the movie-making business. Hope these chats will inspire and elevate you to keep fighting for your dreams, but with a mood of reality check on it. I'm your host, Suchita, and this podcast is brought to you by Metaphysical Lab. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of our podcast, The Artist. We are touching episode 30th today and next month we are going to be touching a year of our uh, podcast publication. Uh, yes, we are finishing a year. So uh, we managed to pull off a year of uh, generating content and putting it out there, uh, keeping the spirit of India alive without any support, without any sponsorship. So thank you to our listeners for that, which kept us going. Uh, it means a lot to us. Uh, we have been a bit irregular with our publications over the last uh, few months, uh, owning to a lot of things. Um, of course, the political climate, which uh, was there, but we were also under the weather. So we hope to uh, sort of get more regular with it and um, put more relevant and value-added content out there. So thank you guys so much for everything. Uh, as usual, you can reach us out on our WhatsApp number as well, which is in the description. Before I introduce you, our guest today was Maya Korbeka. She was part of the Berlinale Talent Press uh, uh, a part of Berlin Film Festival. I would like to share two very interesting videos that we found on the net, uh, which is available, of course, for anyone to hear and check out. One is uh, the Film Stage website. We're going to be adding that in the description, which is a roundtable of the Academy-nominated directors. There is Taika Waititi, Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, Sam Mendes, and more so check it out we'll be adding that in the description and we also found a very interesting director's roundtable on film companion website which has the barker uh, Banerjee and uh nubav sena and Nandita das uh, and more so we are going to be adding uh that as well of course they're in conversation with anupama chopra film companion all right, guys, uh, we have our guest today, Mark Orbega, uh, who joins us from Berlin. She uh, is a part of Berlin Talent Press 2020, a Berlin Film Festival. Maya, is a, she's a freelance writer, she's a translator, she's a film theorist, and she's a contributor to this very interesting web portal called easternkicks.com. You can find them on Twitter as well, uh, which is specifically for Asian cinema. Hi, Maya. Hi, Suchita. It's it's really good to be here, and thank you for your invitation. Absolutely. How is it going out there um, in Berlin? What's the temperature like? Well, it's it, this year. It hasn't been as cold as in previous years. Um, but yeah, but it's always really tough, mm -hmm. like uh, five, ten, ten degrees. Mm -hmm. um, yes, but at least there is no snow. There was snow for a little bit, so um, mm -hmm. no weather oddities uh, mm -hmm. except for 
except for that. Awesome. And how's the how's the audience been uh, at Berlin this year? I heard there are some two lakh odd tickets that got sold for the festival. Um, I mean, so far from the screenings uh, uh, that I have uh, attended, when it comes to the, the public screenings, it was packed. Mm-hmm. Even like for very very um, niche uh, films, like um, from the forum section. Mm-hmm. That are quite experimental. Mm-hmm. The the house was just totally packed, and it's like in multiplexes, so it was seriously like three hundred, four hundred people. My God! So I mean, uh, you, you know, my we were talking, and you told me that you've been attending Berlin since two zero one one, and you know, since last year in a more <laughs> professional space. Uh, what what do you see over the years in terms of the? arc if you would like to if i if i can say the arc of the films uh, the arc of the audience reaction over the years uh do you see sort of some drastic changes in the space of aesthetics in the space of the you know choice of cinema that they're going and watching especially because over the last one year the ott has taken over a lot of content um, yes, that definitely there was a huge change. I mean, I don't really remember what I was watching mm. during the first editions, mm. but I remember that, um, actually I was thinking about it this year, um, and we were discussing it as part, uh, part of Berlin Italian's press, mm-hmm. um, in a group that, mm. um, I mean, in previous years there was this, um, I don't know if you heard about um, like the idea of uh, Berlina uh, family. Yes, that was uh, introduced like and promoted by the the former director Dieter Kossig. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there was this kind of elitist um, aura mm-hmm. uh, around the festival, like big stars and uh, big auteurs, and like, uh, com- like competition was. And the, the whole program was all about big ideas, about freedom, about human rights. Mm-hmm. And I feel that this year it has been more grounded and like more reachable to um, to audience too. I, I I feel because there were a lot of um, movies about labor, about like very ordinary human life, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just about everyday life and about. Um, just living with people as in a society so I think it was more grounded in like reality I feel mm-hmm. um, yeah and the, atmos- the whole atmosphere changed too like um, from I haven't been really checking out of competition um, because as Berlinale Times Press we were supposed to focus on the films that we are um supposed to cover mm-hmm. um, but this year there were no like very very big stars mm-hmm. as in previous years mm-hmm. and it's such a good change because like it was just I think it's just not necessary it's film festivals are totally not about that I mean that's Absolutely. what Hollywood is about but like in at the film festivals it is totally unnecessary absolutely so um, uh, Matt tell me was it like you said it was it was it you know there was lack of uh, for the good there was you know not driven totally by the stars but over the years you know as you know even in my earlier episodes of the podcast um, the kind of films that got selected like for example a film that comes from india 
so they had a film like a gully boy which had big stars getting premiered in berlin um also a lot of other big star starry indian films get premiered in film festivals that are more commercially driven that are perhaps you know somewhere uh, catering to a large mass uh, of audience and also slightly more commercial in their space do you see this pattern in other cinemas uh, countries as well or do you if you've noticed it is is it just in india mm. actually it's very interesting that you pointed that out because it's just from my perspective is just india ah um so it's um but i think it's really cool that they are trying to embrace the ma- the mainstream cinema mhm um i mean the program should be very diverse and like even mainstream cinema there are some issues that um definitely should be put to a discussion to in uh, in the context of film festivals Mm. Um so so far like uh, for example there were no um big Chinese blockbusters I mean there was Ninghao um No Man's Land I think in 2015 mm. so this is like more commercial cinema but still it was very much absent and even like um Nollywood for example there are no films from Nollywood mm. in the program so I think when it comes to like different mainstreams mm-hmm. of like na- na- in national cinemas mm-hmm. i think it, yeah indian cinema is quite um exceptional mm that that's also because bollywood takes a precedence it's more dominating in terms of storytelling than the independent uh, scene that's going on here but did you happen to catch any indian films there there are four of them playing at uh, berlin this year unfortunately not <laughs> <laughs> um yes so far um Uh so far we were as Berliner Talents Press we were able to um see maybe maximum through two films a day to three films because um, the workload was quite big and the just ex- the, the the activities outside except for watching films um were you know the, the 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 program was amazing when it comes to like master classes and the talks but um yeah well, i didn't see any um indian film this year mm-hmm. is there any buzz of indian cinema there buzz as in do, i mean are people you know are there watching any of the indian films did you sort of see any any buzz or any reaction to uh the indian mm. films I mean nothing comparing to mm. last year's Kuli boy I think. Okay. Um I mean let me check. Ah. And mm. of course uh, what what are the films that standing out this year? Okay. I definitely a lot of people are talking about A First Cow. Okay. Carly Reinhardt's mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah because it it, it is definitely um like another sort of story mm-hmm. um even though like storytelling is quite um classic it's very it's framed it's linear linear mm-hmm. um but still there's there's something about the story that is very funny um mm-hmm. and uh, introduces new ways of looking at characters it is totally non stereotypical because the the story is about um about um it takes place in Oregon in 19th century mm-hmm. and um it's a story of a very odd friendship 
mm-hmm. between um, between uh, a guy who was uh, traveling all over America, mm-hmm. um, just doing odd jobs and um, cooking, mm-hmm. and um, a guy from China who um, just migrated through London, um, through like different parts of, of the world. And he's this entrepreneur. Um, and they, they figure out in this small, small, small town in Oregon that they will um, open, like, they will start, start to make cookies because this mm. first cow in mm. Oregon, uh, in this, this small town, arrived. Mm. Uh, so, so they 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 have this um, opportunity to capitalize on it. And mm. yeah, it's like this mixture of comedy, of drama. It's yeah, oh, lovely. It's very very interesting. Lovely. And and, and any, any anything else besides first cow? Um, definitely, there was a lot of buzz around Mowgli Mowgli. Yes. Um, is that because of because of the actor Rizamad, or is it like more than that? Did you watch um, it? No, 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 I didn't watch it. Okay. I mean, I think definitely it's because of the actor. Yeah. Um, but I think just the story really resonates with people because they are portraying an artist and a celebrity from like a very human perspective mm-hmm. of you know dealing with family with sickness. Mm-hmm. So I think that it really resonated with the audience. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to take the main awards? Any guesses? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yesterday at um, a closing party of Berlinale Night Talents, we were discussing it. Um, yeah, there, there are um, a lot of very divided voices. Um, but, I mean, most people just loved A First Cow. And after after the press screening and, um, and the conference, it was like people couldn't just... Uh, stop talking about it but on the other hand there are so many other good films in the competition like a lot of people just fell in love with Hong San Su because of the uh, of the cat scene and yeah there there was this one um, adaptation of 1920s uh, modernist German novel mm-hmm. um, Berlin Alexander Platz and actually like I thought that um, it would have chances to win Mm-hmm. But after the press screening, there was no buzz. I think it wasn't well received. But on the other hand, like Berlinale is not really won by films that are best received because it's always um, a choice that is um, motivated by so many other things, like the the subject of the film or who made it or um, how does it, yeah, how does it fit. Um, the, the whole um, yeah we'll, we'll see very soon <laughs> yes, who's gonna yes. win absolutely and Ma what do you think in terms of you know because you have studied film theory so what do you think in terms of the theoretical part of things uh, form versus the content as we're heading uh, you know uh, with other challenges of content distractions on online uh, mm-hmm. Do you think we're heading towards, uh, you know, uh, more in the form space uh, than in the content space? When it comes to film theory and film form, mm-hmm. um, I I started this year's Berlinale from um, the conference at the Critics Week, mm-hmm. 
And um, yeah, this this con- there was a discussion between film critic Jessica Kiang and um, film theorist and film critic uh, Girish uh, Girish Shambu. Yeah. And um, yeah, there was a discussing um, the manifesto he written. Um, the manifesto for a new cinephilia. This 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 idea of going away from um, authorism and from this very very elitist attitude towards cinema um, and focusing more on um, just different voices and and uh, maybe accepting new people into the into this um, like. Filmmaking world and and of wor- and the world of film criticism too and selectors, mm-hmm. um, yeah. There is this huge push for um, yes for young people mm-hmm. to um, to to step in and um, just to try to change. Um, yes, I mean ch- change filmmaking and maybe change the world to be a little bit better place to live in I mean it was mostly about um, like representation and and definitely like actually Berlinale when it comes to um, diversity is um, I mean they stick to their word Mm -hmm. because um, in in comparison to Cannes or Venice they had a lot of female female directors Mm -hmm. in the competition Mm -hmm. And among the selectors, there are a lot of um, female uh, film critics. And um, so I think that, like, as I was saying previously with Dieter Koslik, it was um, it was more about this authorism and, you know, being in this small, small, small elitist group that mm. um, has its audience, has its critics, and then the critics just, you know, keep writing and covering the same films and kind of, um, yes, like this um, machine that keeps reproducing itself, reproducing discourse around cinema. Mm -hmm. So I I suppose that from this year on, Mm -hmm. it hopefully might change. Um, Yeah, because like uh, Giri Shambu was was saying at the end of the manifesto, the world is uh, bigger and vastly more important than cinema. Mm -hmm. And this idea of collectivity definitely resonated in this year's program too, because um, there was a 15th anniversary of Forum. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was reading the, the history of the festival, like the Forum was kind of reaction uh, to first two very, very specific uh, selecting process at the film festivals that, I mean, the the selection was um, motivated nationally Mm -hmm. and a lot of films were actually appointed and they were not, um, they were not, you know, the program wasn't designed um, by a group of people mm-hmm. who cooperated with each other, but it was just often imposed, imposed from by by some institution. And and this year in in the program they revisit the films that were screened in forum section in seventy mm-hmm. uh, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so there there are a lot of um, films about. Um, yeah, just about social movements and about um, like collective action to, you know, 
to to make working working place better to to um yeah just to change the way to, to change the power structures there, there's this whole resurgence to in the feminist theory that actually envision human beings as part of this ecosystem mm-hmm. so a lot of films actually take into account animals and their perspective as you know not as a background but as a regular you know episodic or one of the main characters um so i I think it's really interesting how like this sort of shift in perspective occurs Mm -hmm. and it has been really striking um for example in in hong san su's film um that yeah there's the cat scene is just catches attention and Mm -hmm. um you know it's really lovely but i think it also um says a lot about um the direction that the cinema will take mm-hmm. in the future that yeah th- maybe there will be more for example film essays or you know fiction films that would actually envision um you know the world where humans are you know not the protagonists but just you know one of the characters mm-hmm. did you did you see gunda <laughs> no not yet. Okay, because we've so been I hearing think, a lot about it as well. Y- yes, yes. And and did did you did you bump into Walking Phoenix by any chance? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. We totally didn't have time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 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 manifesto for the new cinephilia. Um, just elaborating on that point. Any anything that comes offhand that uh, you know uh, you know uh, you know somebody in audience listening to this podcast, uh, what is the manifesto? Any pointers that come to your mind? So basically, the main points were um, Giri Shambu starts with um, talking about how the patriarchal authority um, actually grained in this very romantic idea of like um, an inspired genius, brilliant uh, author. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we're just, um, it's just very outdated. Mm-hmm. And um, and they were like, Girish is referring to um, uh, to Cahiers du Cinema, um, mm-hmm. like the way that the, 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 the film critics from the circle were selecting um, very carefully the authors that they they will promote the filmmakers they will promote mm-hmm. even though previously they were not um recognized as like individual like very strong individuality in 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 cinema yeah so so basically they were the kaidu cinema was saying that no better no matter how bad mm-hmm. uh, the the author film is mm-hmm. it's always better than any of you know the other films that are not uh, from this, you know, author trend. So basically, it, it was like a self-reproducing machine mm-hmm. because they, they they were you know selecting only a group of authors, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, they just kept writing about them and excluding everyone else. So we've got no idea how many of the films um, that are just amazing. Mm-hmm. from the past, from the 50s, 60s, 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just totally forgotten because they were not written about. Mm-hmm. And for the past several years, there was definitely a debate in film criticism that um, 
yeah, it's like the profession is corrupted because, I mean, a lot of writers are writing for free. A lot of film critics are working for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, according to the manifesto, the, the film should be um, assessed just beyond the aesthetics, but mm-hmm. um, on the basis of their, um, I mean, the, the values are very changeable. Um, mm-hmm. So when it comes to, to art and there is obvious separation between film and the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so the films should, I mean, they should be judged on the basis of um, their content mm-hmm. or the way that they are presenting the world mm-hmm. or what what sort of elements do they obscure, what sort of elements do they highlight. So mm-hmm. it should be just scrutinized mm-hmm. yeah, sure. and put into mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, We're talking about the film theory part and you've been sort of you know, watching you are you know cinema from forties, fifties, and versus now. Um, just to get uh, that point again, what do you think about in terms of uh, uh, the aesthetic choices and uh, you know of the early cinema that, like you know, like uh, Giri Shambo also pointed out, you know, uh, in your manifesto, the forties and the fifties cinema versus twenty twenty or twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, and henceforth. Mm-hmm. What uh, you know? Um, any any thoughts of uh, in terms of uh, you know the language of cinema that's transforming? The points of view, the points of views mm-hmm. um, are multiple. Mm-hmm. And um, what what stands out as a content in today's times in a festival like Berlin? Mm-hmm. What what's standing out? Is it is it like mm-hmm. a unique story that's standing out? Is it the unique way of telling a story? Like like you pointed about the first mm-hmm, cow, mm-hmm. Mowgli. Uh, is it or is it is it like, you know, you put in a star there and it stands out. That's what the audience is watching there. What is standing out like that one thing, or two things? It's very very hard to say mm. because, mm. I mean, as I was. Mm. saying that mm. the new festival team made mm. the the whole um the whole program more discursive mm. and mm. um based on dialogue mm. and you know dialogue with the 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 past of the cinema mm. and like because actually there are so many things that we have forgotten mm-hmm. or that they were obscured from like the other film um you know, from hil- film history, and that's why, yeah, the, the film critics are still um, kind of needed, even though, you know, we are just multiplying. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the way that one article, the one article's value is not as high as previously in printed um, magazines. But, for example, like, you know, it's still, this, this edition made... A lot of, I think, and at least made me realize that still the written word has its power whenever mm-hmm. it is. If the article is good, it's going to be good and it's going to be noticed. Mm-hmm. If the article is written with passion and, yeah, and just mm-hmm. tells something that is true mm-hmm. and also true to the audience, um, yeah, I think it's going to work. So, like, basically it's about... This this year's program that really stands out was about um, yeah the discourse, the dialogue, the conversation in a special uh, section mm-hmm. um, on transmission. Mm-hmm. I haven't managed to 
grab any of the films and um, I've only listened to recordings of discussions mm. um, but basically I, I, I don't know I really like this idea that the filmmakers themselves have also a choice to bring a guest mm -hmm. to the festival and screen film the, the two filmmakers films and just mm -hmm. engage in a conversation mm -hmm. with each other and with the with the audience mm -hmm. how the cinema changed and I think mm -hmm. well that that's kind of answers your question that mm -hmm. um yeah in Berlinale in this on transmission section mm -hmm. um this dialogue with the past and with the future was very prevalent um Oh, it was. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, mm. yeah. But what, like, what, what about Chinese films that you're also sort of writing about? <laughs> it was very um, difficult year for Chinese cinema, I think, and Berlina also reflected that uh -huh. uh, because of the. Um, I mean, first because of um, the tax evasion. Um, oh. I mean, it's a very very long story. Mm. Um, but basically, a lot of films were pulled out from the festivals um, last year. Mm -hmm. uh, Berlinale, too. I mean, Zhang Yimou was pulled out like several days before the premiere mm -hmm. um, due to the unknown technical reasons, okay. whatever that is. Okay. And then, like, several... At several other film festivals, mm. there were, like, uh, issues of films being pulled out <coughs> on last minute. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, at this year's Berlinale, there are actually only... Okay, two uh, fiction features, uh -huh. one documentary and one short film ah. from China. Okay. And comparing to like last year when there was a lot of Chinese titles and even like several years before there were three Chinese titles in the competition. Uh -huh. So it's, it's uncomparable. Um, but what I, what I noticed... Um, in um, in this year's program when it comes mm -hmm. to Chinese cinema is that um, more focus is put on um, individuals, even not as authors, mm -hmm. but on the filmmakers that are trying to connect to the audience. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, as much as it's possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially kind of revisit the Chinese history. Mm -hmm. Um, as in uh, Jajanka's documentary, yeah, the title is really, really long. As in Jajanka's um, documentary, Swimming Out Till the Sea Turns Blue, mm -hmm. um, he um, engaged in a conversation with uh, three writers, contemporary Chinese writers, Jia mm -hmm. um, um who is like, it was, he was born in the 50s. Mm -hmm. And um, then uh, from another generation, Yu Hua, mm -hmm. um, born in the 60s and then born in the 70s, um, uh, Liang Hong. Mm -hmm. And all of these writers are kind of recounting the, the history of China as they were experiencing from childhood and in their families, like from anti-rightist movement through cultural revolution, through reforms of, and uh, opening up. And, um, yeah, I mean, he includes also just very, very reg regular people from his hometown, um, mm -hmm. from Jia's hometown, mm -hmm. just to talk about how um, just the provincial life changed and the rural life changed mm -hmm. for the, yeah, since the establishment of People's Republic of China. 
mm. in 49. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, that's one of the tropes. The second one might be... Um, there was this film, The Calming, um, directed by Song Fang, the film, female filmmaker. Mm-hmm. She hadn't done uh, a film in a very, very long while, mm-hmm. in eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of returns to the, the idea of Pan-Asian cinema. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, transnational co-productions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- this one is like, it was realized between China and Japan. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, the main character is, it's also a very individual story, um, mm. like of, of a journey and kind of reconnection with the nature. Mm. So there's always something like with reconnecting to the past or the nature, the, mm. I, I don't know, something very, very organic or so mm-hmm. because of this whole like life in very, very sterile. And my, uh, since you're writing for Eastern Kicks, uh, uh, the portal uh, for Asian cinema. Is there uh, any, uh, besides the Chinese, uh, any cinema that's standing out as you're watching more films? Any other Asian cinema? I mean, a lot of people are just uh, going crazy over Korean cinema. Uh, yes, <laughs> since that the is, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, I mean, this year's Berlinale, that was an exception. Uh-huh. Um Alongside the mainstream Indian films, mm-hmm. there was one Korean mainstream film, Time uh-huh. to Hunt. Okay. Um, so it's actually an exception because in previous years, I don't remember seeing mainstream Korean film in the program. I mean, and any, any themes that they're standing out uh, this year compared to last year? Is it like human, like, like you were pointing about, you know, human rights or any other specific mm-hmm. themes that's coming out this year? Yeah, I mean, this year, as I was saying, was more grounded and... Yeah. I mean, there's still, like, theme of human rights as um, yeah. in Irradiated, um, the, the film that I'm supposed to see in two hours at the uh, press screening. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely still this continuous um, like question of, um, you know, values and you know, freedom. But this year there was more focus on the labor mm-hmm. and yeah. um, on just collective work and uh-huh. just, you know, I don't know, j- groups of people that are aiming to to change the world. Mm-hmm. You research and you write and what, uh, you know, I have often asked this question uh, that what happens to the films that stand out uh, you know in a festival is there any films that over the years that you have watched you have gone back and tried to re-watch any of the films mm. that I, I saw at Berlinale or at any, any other any, film any festivals you know do people revisit uh, you know how do they revisit because any which ways they're mm. not available in the mainstream oh yes yes that's a huge problem and yeah. it's um, it really irritates me because yeah. I feel that I mean for example International Film Festival Rotterdam uh, has the best solution to it because they have their own VOD platform uh-huh Okay. That you can rent films that um, used to be screened mm-hmm. at uh, at the festival, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, 
often it's the only way for like very indie um you know very um low budget films mm-hmm. um like from from Malaysia Indonesia or um I don't know Thailand uh, or you know any okay th- Thailand film industry is huge but uh, and Malaysian too but um just you know these smaller films um, mm-hmm. that don't have any chance to to get distributed nationally mm-hmm. or internationally. Mm-hmm. So I think that if the festival would have um, would establish a VOD platform, mm. that would be amazing. Yeah, because um, festivals also work because of this aura of exclusivity. Yes, because of um, you know this sort of ritual of traveling to a festival and you know spending all this money on accommodation and like on on making things work and you know taking holidays just you know um yeah to sit in the cinema um so i think that they're very reluctant to let go of this aura of exclusivity but at least they could make um, some of the titles available and, you know, not leave it to the side to sales agents and distributors because, yeah, a lot of these people, they just don't really know what sort of cinema we want to see. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Definitely. Tell me, uh, Maya, in this competitive times, the OTT times, why would anybody go and watch a specific VOD film from a Rotterdam or a Berlin? Mm. We because they're mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we're living in these two minutes quick noodles quick consumption times yeah yeah mm. for example mm. um how to compare that sort of platforms to netflix in the, mm. i mean netflix makes a lot of uh smaller film festival films available to broader audience but they're just lost yeah. they're totally you know hidden in between all these archives in between the algorithms and yes. even if they're on the platform mm. sometimes you cannot you cannot even find it Spot because it's them, so yeah. hidden yeah. yes yes and you know a lot of films they when they are released they don't even get any promotion Yes. and you know any any campaign at all so like mm. just people don't know about it mm. and i think if the festivals would establish this vod platform and just kind of make peace with the online environment mm. i mean they they wouldn't lose at all because there's still like selection process there's still like you know they're they're promoting the titles that they believe mm-hmm. are good Mm-hmm. So I think that their their mark, like their sign of approval, mm-hmm. would be enough for people to go and see it. Because, for example, what Mubi does, yes, with um, with um, online streaming, yes, is curated. It's um, it's always um, accompanied by very very well written articles and some coverage. Yes. Um, so I think it's. Yeah, it's ideal way for the future um, uh, cinema to to develop, and because not, not a lot of people have this privilege of you know traveling to film festivals. So I think I I hope that in the future these films will be made available to broader audience. Hmm, that's a great point, Maya. 
Thank you so much, Maya, uh, for joining us and for taking our time. I think you have to rush for your screening as well. Yes. So I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I can go on because there are too many things, uh, you know. Uh, so maybe you know, perhaps another time when, and I'm I'm sure you're traveling to another festival as well after this. Oh yes, in the next week I'll be in Amsterdam and Cinema Asia. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So uh, I'll you know I'll tre- keep track of your articles on Eastern Cakes, and then you know I look forward to more of your writing there. Thank you, and I'm looking forward also to the future podcast at the artists. While we actually were having this conversation, Berlin was still on um, and it's just got over. But we did have a brief conversation about uh, Hong Sang-soo, uh, who actually won the Silver Bear for Best Director for his film, The Women Who Ran. And of course, we also spoke about First Cow. Uh, go check it out on the Berlin uh, Twitter handle, Berlin Ale, or you can also check out on the website about the winners. And you can follow us on our Twitter handle, Metaphysical Lab. You can also connect to us, write to us, uh, you know, talk to us. Uh, tell us what kind of films you're making. Tell us what you would like us to feature. We are working on a few things um, from the South. Uh, we also, you know, wish to expand our realm uh, beyond uh, cinema because uh, we have our other artists coming in focus uh, soon. We are working on that. And, uh, of course, you can anytime connect to us on our WhatsApp number that's given in the description. All right, people, Suchita, signing off. Hope to see you quickly next week. Uh, Do stay in touch.